But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit this evening about the reason in your season. Now, uh, um, I know many of us right now, we're, we're, we're at a strong place of defense as Christians to say Jesus is the reason for the season. But uh, I'd like to just expand on that a little bit. Um, the reason in your season. We all, we all walk through seasons in our life, and, and uh, every one of us are walking through different circumstances and situations. But here's what I know. God has a reason for every season that we walk in our lives. If there's one question that we all think is cute, uh, it's like when our children are somewhere between one and two, it usually comes uh, as a two-word, two-syllable question, and it's, what's that? What's that? And, and we love that question because it shows us that, our, for one, that our kids have a desire to learn, and, uh, and two, that we have the answer. When they point at something, what's that? Well, that's a, you know, that's a dog. What's that? That's a cat. What's that? You know, you, you get the picture. That's a car. That's a bicycle. That's, you know, you, those are easy questions to answer. However, um, if there was a question that drove us all a little bit crazy, it was the single word, single syllable question that usually came along after the two syllable, two word question. The single syllable, single word question is this word, why? Why? What is easy? What's that? that? That's easy. We can figure, we can usually find out what that is, or we can Google what that is, or we can answer what that is. But when we move to the question of why, why is a hard question to answer sometimes. Often because we don't have the answer yet. Or the explanation is difficult to communicate. You have to have wisdom. You have to have time on your side. You have to have a, a few gray hair before you can answer or articulate the reason why sometimes. Sometimes you still don't have the answer to the question why. It only can be understood with experience and time. And, and we aren't alone. We find it in the word of God. We find it echo through scripture to us. And, and if you wanted to turn to Habakkuk, you'd find that the prophet asked the same question to the Lord in verse 2 of chapter 2. He said, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. He said, why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Why am I in this situation? And why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing right now? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why are the enemies still advancing? And why haven't we have, I had a turnaround in my, in my life, in my circumstance? He, he didn't understand what was happening. He said, for spoiling and violence, are before me, and, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Everything from his position was wrong. Everything from his position was a bad outlook. It was a bad circumstance. Everything was going wrong. And his question was, why? Why, God, are you letting this happen? Why aren't you upholding the righteous? Why are we experiencing the, the benefit? The, the, it seems like our enemies are, are having the benefit here. Why are, why are they stronger? Why are they, why are they proceeding? Why is wrong judgment happening? Where are you, God? Why? Anyone ever ask the question, why? Why, why? What's the reason for the season that we're walking through? Why? 
You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. We, we get that one figured out, but, but I think that we need to talk for a few moments tonight about the season that someone is in that they don't have the reason for yet. The season that's left you confused and frustrated and discouraged. The season that's left you asking that same question as Habakkuk. Why? How long? What's the cause for what we're walking through? In short, what's the reason for my season? And I know we live in a part of the world with four seasons. And I will not harbor hatred against pastor that he's on a plane right now. To the land of eternal spring, 80 degrees year-round. I won't, I won't mention that. It's not in my mind at all. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Uh, maybe we'll just talk about the benefits of four seasons. The one benefit is that we understand that seasons don't last forever. Seasons aren't going to last forever. But even that knowledge still leaves us with Habakkuk's question, how long? How long does this season last? How long are we going to be here? I know our geographical placement, we may know better than others that there is a reason for the season, even if we don't know how long we're going to be in it. But we do understand that this season too will pass. It came to pass. Anybody thankful that's in the scripture? It came to pass. What, what we're walking through right now, it came to pass. Some, some, somebody needs to hold on to that a little bit with a, a death grip tonight, that, that the season that you're walking through that seems eternal right now, it came to pass it came to pass why isn't uh, isn't a question of rebellion it's one of frustration sometimes why we end up feeling bad for asking why we we uh Sometimes we give ourselves a, a hard time that we're you know maybe being rebellious to God's authority why but sometimes why is just a genuine desire to know or to understand what God is doing in our life why is asking for an answer for the method in the madness? Why, why is asking, it's not questioning God's right to rule or his ability to govern. It's, it's just simply asking God, what is your strategy in this circumstance right now? Why are we walking through what we're walking through? And, and I, I don't have to look around the room very far to find someone to say, they're probably asking that question right now. They're, they're probably, they're, as a matter of fact, I can't, I can't look at you right now. There's enough reason in the room tonight to carry on with the sermon. There, there's, there's lots of people that could ask the question, why? But could I also mention that there's enough people in the room tonight that could tell you they've been through enough to know that he'll be enough for whatever you're walking through tonight. Some, we, we, we've got enough people in the room tonight that can say, let me, let me just tell you, it's, it's, it's come to pass. It's, it's not going to last forever. Tre trouble's not going to last always. It's, it's just here for a season. It's going to pass before too, too long. You're going to understand what God was doing before too long. You're going to understand that God was at work in the middle of it all before too long. You're going to understand that, that underneath were the everlasting arms. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you fail somewhere on the other side of this season. God's going to show you why you walk through what you walk through. There's enough people in the room that can declare tonight, God's enough to carry you through. God's, God's here. He's hearing your cry tonight. There's enough people that have been through enough to know that God will be enough tonight. 
The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 2, verse 1. He, he just barely got into the book, and he starts, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. I love it when, when the psalmist kind of got a vision of what was happening in the heavenlies. God's not laughing in anger. God's laughing because he knows the end of the story. And if you just kind of read, between the lines in those verses tonight you'll see that the, the kings of the earth set themselves the kings not not just kind of people but the, the the greatest strengths among the world powers have got to come kind of come together and and reason and, and set themselves in array what against the lord's anointed you have authority I like what Brother, Brother Calhoun was talking about just a few moments ago. We have authority that the kings of the world set themselves not in array against other kings, but in again array against the Lord's anointed because you have authority. Herod, the reason he fought that the Antichrist spirit rose up was because he understood there was something more powerful than what he was. Everything that he had that was great was so limited and so held in, in perspective that when he heard about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming, he was filled with fear. And come on, he, he put all of the children to death in Israel. Why? Because he feared the authority that was of that King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let me tell you why you're going to walk through what you walk through sometimes. It's simply because you're anointed by God. You're anointed for the season that you're in right now. You're anointed because God's put purpose on your life. You're anointed to accomplish something great in the kingdom of God. And the enemy is going to fight what he fears. It's going to happen. The, uh, the kings of the earth set themselves in array. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. They, they come against God, but let me tell you, they, they figure out pretty quick their arms are too short to box with God. But their arms aren't too short to box with you. So you're next on the list. The reason you're fighting the battle you're fighting is because the enemies are going to take a swipe at you. They can't fight God. God. What's God doing? God's laughing in the heavens. But they will come against you. That's why you're fighting what you're fighting. That's why you're facing what you're facing. The reason for the season that you're in right now, the fight that you're fighting right now, it's because you're anointed. You're anointed by God for purpose. You're anointed to bring healing to the world that desperately needs what you've got. You're anointed to declare God's good tidings. You're, you're anointed to declare the gospel. You're anointed to bring salvation to the world. God's anointed you. So the enemy is going to fight you. That Antichrist spirit will always fight the anointed. The word why is the question, the request of the student to, to understand what the teacher is teaching. I, I, I don't have the perfect track record in high school. As a matter of fact, I, I'd have to say that I made some poor decisions, some short-sighted decisions on course selections. There was, there was one course that I took in grade 10. And the teacher was Mr. Allen. It was first thing in the morning. It was ancient history. I learned really quick what Mr. Allen's uh, teaching style was. Mr. Allen's teaching style was, get out your notebooks. We're going to dictate notes. And so the first period in the morning class, for me, was writing. Well, my short-sighted self said, you know, I think I'm going to take a few more courses that Mr. Allen teaches because I just kind of like that. Mindlessly writing. I didn't have to pay attention. I just had to study for the test. Dictation, regurgitation, 
not education. And in that class, we never discussed the whys. We only discussed the what's. We only ever discussed uh, what happened. We never really talked about the why. We never got down to the core reason and logic. We never really got into the learning of it all. We, we got into the, the history of it. We got into the facts of it. We never really got into the why of it. In order to get into the why, you'd have to sit up from your desk and pay attention. I'm not saying he was a bad teacher. I'm just saying that's how we taught It was easy, it was mindless, it was, but I didn't learn much. Don't ever remember saying, why? Why did that happen? Why was the world, why did we go through world war? Just, this is what happened, this was the battle, this is the outcome, this is the, the victor, this is, this is the, you know, the, out, <clears throat> the result of what happened. I, I don't know, you get it. We never talked about the reason why, we never got there. We just talked about the what. Sometimes you got to, you know, when, when you start to ask why, it's because more than your head is involved. Your heart gets involved. You're emotionally connected to what's happening. And, and you, you're, you're, you just can't kind of go through the motions. You've got to understand why am I in this season that I'm in. I, I just want to remind us there is a reason for the season that we're in. Why isn't just frustration. It's that request to understand the answer to why. If you're taking notes, is this. The answer to why requires a divine perspective. Why? Paul, Paul said in him, in Acts 17, he said, For in him we live and move and have our being. When they were explaining this unknown God that they were, they were serving but didn't understand, they didn't know him, Paul said, uh, let me just talk to you a little bit about this God. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. So if you're trying to figure out what's happening in your life and why you're walking through what you're walking through, you cannot answer that question without God. You've got to pull God into the equation. In him, we live. Tap your neighbor and say, in him, we live and move and have our being. We, we can't figure this out without him if we live in him. I, I've just got four points to, to work our way through tonight. Our, our, <clears throat> will you help me go through these? There's just four, four points to help us work our way through the reason for your season that you're in right now. Number one, faith. This is how... This is your coping mechanisms to get through your season. Faith. Trusting there's a reason for your season. Trusting that God's at work. It's, faith gives you that ability to seize your season. Let me quote it before you do. Romans 8, 28. Some of you are already there. You already leaned over and started whispering the scripture to your neighbor. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Faith is trusting that God is at work even when it feels like he isn't. Faith is understanding that this is bigger than you and I. Faith is understanding that there is a divine process at work and God is proving us to do something. God is proving us to, to make us capable for something greater in our lives. God is proving us. God, so, so don't miss the moment in your season. There's a reason in your season, but you've got to seize it. You've got to act 
activate it. You've got to say, ah, this is more than just a, a struggle, an, an emotional struggle. This is more than just something I'm walking through. This is more than just a, a little season of discouragement. God is building something in me right now. This is more than just depression that's invading my life. It's God giving me the ability to step over my challenges and step over my problems. God's giving me the ability to, to get strength in the midst of weakness. God's putting courage in my spirit when there shouldn't be any there so that somewhere along the line when I walk up to someone and, and they're not understanding why they're walking through what they're walking through, I can say it's all right. God's with you right now. God's walking this battle. God's walking this road with you. You're, you're not alone. He's working all things together for your good. Ephesians 4.20, it continues on. Now unto him that is able, someone say able, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh, someone say, in us. God's working in us. He's, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above, but, but we don't always understand what that is, but God's at work nevertheless, exceeding abundantly. Let me remind you of Joseph tonight, Genesis 50, verse 20. He said to his brothers when they came before him and he finally revealed his identity, this great prince of Egypt with all power in his hand, with the exception of Pharaoh, he, he, he ruled the day. He looked them in the eye and he said, as for you, you thought it evil against me. You thought it evil when you sold me into slavery. You thought it evil when you put me in the pit. You thought it evil when I ended up in Potiphar's house. You, you wanted me to be jailed. You wanted to be, me to be destroyed in Egypt. You meant it for evil. He said, but there was a greater law at work. There was a uh, somewhere in the eye of faith. You, you, you got to see what God was doing in Joseph's life because he's doing the same in your life tonight. God's at work and, and they may mean it for evil, but God means it for good. And, and the logic and the understanding comes through with Joseph. He said to bring to pass, someone say the season it's come to pass. As it is this day to save much people alive. The reason for your season always is so that God can bring salvation to somebody. The reason for your season is because God has a plan for someone to be saved. It, it seems like an impossible circumstance right now and, and you hate what you're walking through. The why is bigger than the what right now. But God is letting you know through his word it's to save somebody alive. The reason for your season is always to save much people alive. Anybody got faith to walk through the season? Number two, patience. Patience to stay in your season. Sometime all you can do is stand still and see the salvation of God. In our go, 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 go society, we paint waiting as sin. But scripture says otherwise. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. But that all starts with waiting. Someone say patience. Pa oh. I, I want to skip this part. I honestly do. I was just thinking, oh, I'll just jump to the next one. Patience. Hebrews 12, wherefore, seeing we're encompassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with, someone say it. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. That's, that, that's included in there because we are going to feel that sometimes. We're going to feel weary and we're going to want to faint in our mind. But he said, you know what? Run the race with patience. Someone say, wait on God. 2 Timothy 4, 7, 8. He said, I have fought a good fight. Paul telling Timothy, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love is appearing. I have finished my course. I kept the faith. I was patient. I endured. Oh, I don't know why I have all these verses on patience. Is anybody struggling with that tonight? Luke 21, 19, in your patience, Jesus said it, in your patience, possess ye your souls. You see, the problem, it would be one thing if it was just patience alone, but patience always comes along with this sidekick called problem. I can be patient when everything's going good. I have all the patience in the world when we're dropping the fly on the pond. When it's what I want. Is it, when it's in that season that I enjoy. I like, I've got all kinds of patience. But put me in the season I don't like. That's another story. And patience always comes along. Uh, patience, true patience. We can only develop that when, when patience comes along with this problem called side. That his sidekick called problems. Problems comes along. And, and Romans said it best, maybe it said, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience has got to have problems along with it, or it won't accomplish its purpose in your life. Period. All kinds of alliteration there for you. Paul went on, he said, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. God is growing something in you, but it can only happen through patience. But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Patience. Someone say patience. Patience is going to help you see the season through. Continuing. Persistence. See your season through. Don't stop. Don't quit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Steadfast. Someone shout steadfast. First Peter 4, 12, 13, that great apostolic Acts 2 preacher said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Don't give up now because God's got promise on the horizon. If you're persistent, if you just see your season through, there's something on the other side. There's something on the other side of this walk with God called eternity there's heaven in view if you'll just see the season through hold fast hebrews the author said in verse 23 of chapter 10 let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised if god is persistent with us then shouldn't we be persistent in the season that he places us in if he is faithful then we can be faithful too this all works through the element of faith number four vision sight 
beyond your season. Sometimes the reason in your season that you need to hold on to is that it's beyond the moment that you're walking through. God has something in store. I, I do believe that 2020 is a year of vision for us. Not just to play on words, but I do believe that God is releasing vision for our church family of where we're going, of what he wants us to do. Time is short, but God, God's not going to leave us visionless. God's going to release vision. And when he releases that vision, we can see beyond the season that we're in right now. We can trust God for more, that this isn't permanent. This is just a walk through. We're going on into that place in God that he has for us. Paul, he is speaking of Abraham, and he spoke to the church in Rome. He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before, whom, before him whom he believed. Even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they, are, they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Abraham looked beyond his current fatherless season to the hope that God was going to open the door and that there would be a nation called by his name. That promise, he saw beyond his seed. That's, that's the miracle of Abraham, was that power of faith that he possessed. He saw beyond the season that he was in. He walked as though he was there already, and that is what some of us need to do. The reason for your season is that God is developing vision in your life. He's wanting you to have sight beyond this moment. Someone say, <clears throat> there, there's just that ability with faith to look beyond the here and now to the there and then. If we didn't believe in eternity, if we didn't believe in this eternal hope that God has given us, why would we do what we do? But God has that eternity lodged in every one of our lives because that ability to see beyond the here and now is in, in us, that vision to see beyond. He, the ability to, to see what God has in store for every one of us, that ability lodges itself in our lives and that should carry us through the difficult season the reason for the season come on get get your vision out look beyond start seeing what God's going to do through you I you know I was thinking about this as I was prepping today trying to think of personal illustration or personal example and and I, I began to think back to when we first made the decision to leave St. John and come to Fredericton and, and I, you know logically that didn't make sense to me uh, for a few reasons. One, I was leaving my mom and dad in their aging years. I, <clears throat> that, that didn't make sense to me. I, I, you know, without a doubt, I knew that God had called us back to St. John after Bible college. Uh, we turned down a couple opportunities that we had to be in full-time ministry, and, and I just, I knew that that was where God wanted us for that season. However, when God began to place his hand in our lives, it didn't make sense to me logically. I wanted, I, I, I love my family. I didn't, I wasn't trying to escape anything. I wasn't trying to get away. That didn't, didn't make sense, but I knew that God's call was on us to come here. And then, if you look logically at it, pastor's only nine years older than me. And my, you know, there were some people in my sphere of influence, they said, well, what are you going to do? Like, wait till you're 55 before you take on a role of pastoring? And I said, I don't know. It didn't make sense logically to me. I didn't understand it, but if we look back over the last decade and, 
and how doors have opened and pastor's ministry has expanded into different areas and an apostolic gifting has yielded itself to, to minister to the church at large all around the world. It makes sense to me now. It makes sense to me while I'm, why, why we're here, why we've been here for this season. It, it didn't then, but now it makes more sense. And, and sometimes we, we've just got to kind of release ourselves to the vision that God has for us because we can't make sense of it in the here and now. But a decade later or 19 years later, we can turn around and look back and say, well, now that makes sense. That makes more sense. And maybe some of you are wish, wishing that we hadn't come. I don't know. Just kidding. Well, maybe I'm not kidding. I don't know. Maybe you're not kidding. I'm kidding. But that question that we began with, and I'm coming to the close of the lesson tonight. That question that we left open-ended in the introduction from Habakkuk. He said, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear, even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? But God's response, he said, Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. God has a season for you, but the reason is greater than your reasoning. You can't understand what God is doing in this season. It's bigger. It's stronger. You, you couldn't understand it. And so you've just got to trust God in that moment to walk through. There's a reason for your season. You know, we, we love to talk about the Christmas story. We, we love to talk about, you know, it left everybody with that question of why. Why God? Mary and Joseph, why? Why, uh, why this pregnancy before marriage? Why all the, the potential shame on Mary, why this situation? Why, why Joseph ready to put her away until an angel shows up? And why wise men? Why, uh, why to the shepherds in the fields? Why does the angelic host is going to be wondering why is, is God robing himself in flesh and going among them? Why? That's what the Sunday school uh, presentation is about. It's going to be cute. Be here for it. It's going to be awesome. But everybody was probably asking that question, why? And so we can quote, Jesus is the reason for the season. We can look back on those early nativity stories of scripture. And we can say without a doubt, Joseph, you'll understand when, you walk, when we get through this season, you'll, you'll understand. Mary, you'll understand why. Wise men, you'll understand why the journey, why the star in the sky. You'll, you'll understand. Just let's, let's, let's get through this season and then you'll see what was happened. There's a reason for all of this. There's, there's a reason, shepherds. There's a reason, angelicos. There's a reason for all of it. Salvation is, is, is the hinge that all this is swinging on. There's a reason for it all. And we can quote it all to ourselves in December. Jesus is the reason for the season. But can I tell you that in the season that you're walking through right now, Jesus is the reason for that season too. Jesus is the reason for the season where you don't understand. 
Jesus is the reason for the season when it feels like you're in the house of your friends and you've received the, the, the most dreadful wound, emotional hurt that you've ever experienced. But can I tell you, Jesus is the reason for that season. Jesus is the reason for the, the season of why that you have in your life right now. Jesus is the reason for the season of, it's not fair, God. This is not fair. I, they don't have to walk through that and, and they don't have to walk through this and it's not fair. God said, wait, wait, Jesus is the reason for this. And, and when this is all said and done, if you'll be faithful, if you'll be persistent, if you'll be patient, if you'll have faith to believe that God is at work in all this, you'll see that Jesus is the reason for the season that you're in. You're in his hand. He has a plan. He's at work. He's, he's not abandoned you. He, you're not forsaken. You're not alone. There is a reason for the season that you're in. Christmas is a difficult season for some. It's a season of difficult memory. It's a season of, of for some, it's, it's alone. For some, it's, it's, it's wonderful. But for some, it's a very difficult season. I'd like to remind you tonight, let Jesus into this season that you're in. I wonder if you'd stand together with me. He's still the best thing that ever happened, isn't he? Amen. Is anybody in the room a believer? Someone just want to take a moment and thank him, but he's the best thing that ever happened in your life. He's the, he's the reason in my season. Would you lift both hands together with me? We're getting ready to close, but would you just let the Lord speak to us for a moment? God, I thank you for the power of your word tonight. And I know that for someone, it was a dark evening tonight. It was a difficult season that they're in, but this word has just released light. And God, that floodlight has allowed them to see clearly you're at work. God, you're doing all things well. You're doing things exceeding and abundant above. We don't understand it, but God, here's what we know. What we know, it's greater. God, it's, it's more than what we could imagine. It's better than it ever would be or could be. God, without you in the picture, so we release you to work. God, I pray that faith would allow someone to see clearly, God, to see beyond this moment. Let them have patience. Let them have persistence. God, we pray tonight in your powerful name, let your word do the work in somebody's heart. Transform them. God, change them. Open that door of opportunity, we pray. We'll give you all the praise and we'll give you all the glory. Someone say, in Jesus' name.